If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill, in case some of you guys don't know, which I'm sure you probably do. So I love that the support for the podcast is is growing. Um, that makes my heart super warm where my heart used to be. You know, nothing's there now after being ripped out from jiu-jitsu. But no, it's there. So I appreciate you guys um, sending me Instagram messages and emails and stuff talking about how much you like it and giving me content ideas and topics. What's super funny now is I don't know if it's just because of the podcast world. I don't really see this as much on YouTube, but people are like asking more about me and my background. And it feels like a really odd to share that kind of information. I don't know, but I guess that's probably a good thing to share with you guys. So I figure I would talk about a little bit of how I became an, a jiu-jitsu instructor and a funny story that happened to me during this whole transition period and whatever for jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I started training when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old and I was like a smaller, weaker kid, you know, like most of you guys probably who started jiu-jitsu. I was 135 pounds, I think. And so I came in, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I just graduated high school and, uh, you know, I was, I liked, I, I had watched the UFC with my buddies, but I hadn't really, uh, trained. I'd never done any martial arts, never wrestled, even though I live in Oklahoma, I had never done any of that. And, um, so actually one of my buddies was supposed to go with me to my first jiu-jitsu class and we drove by the gym and <laughs> this is so funny. Most of the gyms to this day you know, they're a little bit better now, but back in the day, like finding a gym schedule was like impossible. Like most jujitsu gyms, even in 2009, like didn't have a schedule. And if they did, it was absolutely wrong. And like, we tried to call so many times and like no one ever answered. So this is like, this was like fight club, like trying to like find out what times this class was offered anything. And there wasn't many gyms in the era that I was, there was only a couple, but, um, Luckily, I've not, I don't think I've ever even told my instructor this story, so he might get mad when I tell him this. But um, anyway, we showed up, and uh, we showed up to a class that we thought was going to be there, but no one was there. Door was locked or whatever, so we turned around and left. And then I think I finally showed back up, and there was a class going on, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, no, this is a kid's class. Like, the adult class will happen at this time. I was like, okay, cool. So then I showed up, and started training and, and I actually started doing the MMA class, even though I didn't want to do MMA, that's what I started doing. And, uh, because that's what my schedule had allowed. The class was only offered at this time. I worked part-time. So I came in and I was doing that. And then, uh, I did that for a while. I did that for like three or four months. And then, but one day that I came was like a purely grappling day. And I just like absolutely loved the grappling aspect. I really, I thought the punching and kicking and the striking was cool, but I just really loved the grappling aspect. And then my instructor was like, hey, we're going to offer like a jiu-jitsu class and we're going to split the mat and all this stuff. And I was like, cool. And so the MMA coach was like, hey, I think you should go do the jiu-jitsu stuff because most of the guys in this MMA class, they are already like blue belts or roughly around that. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I went to go do do the jiu-jitsu and I'm lucky that I did that because <laughs> we ended up dropping the MMA program later and just went to a pure jiu-jitsu academy and now I don't like getting my head punched in. So I started continue to training, you know, off and on. And then as my instructor's building up a school, he comes to me and says, Hey, 
you know, I'm, I think that you'd be a good instructor. You know, you're here a lot, you know, you're a young guy. I think this would be something that you'd be good at doing. So I was like, Oh man, well, what does that entail? And he was like, well, first step is we got to get you to a blue belt first. And I was a white belt. I was like a four stripe white belt. And at the time he was trying to implement a curriculum and I knew jujitsu, but I didn't really know the curriculum. So he's like, well, we got to get you to a blue belt. We got to get you caught up. And like, to me, I was just so excited because I was getting going to get like private lessons. or I was just going to get fast tracked into becoming a blue belt, right? Not by just being handed to, but like I was, I was training. And so like every night for about three weeks straight, our class, our last class ended at nine o'clock at night. And we stayed for three weeks, pretty much Monday through Thursday in a row until about 11 or 12 o'clock every night after working on stuff. And there was a group of us. He was trying to get us a group of us ready because we were going to do this instructor uh, certification camp. And so we had to get all of this done. So we had all stayed after. We were just like so tired for like three weeks, but eventually we got it done and we all became blue belts. And it was like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Like at least now we have a, a foundation because he was wanting me to teach like kids classes and basics classes and he was going to be teaching the advanced classes. He was a brown belt. So he was like, hey, we're just going to – I just want you to be able to kind of teach the basics class to newer people. And since you're a blue belt and you know the curriculum, you'll be able to do that. And I was like, okay, cool. So anyway, we fast forward to that, and then we go to this instructor camp. So I think this instructor camp was in a, is in January roughly. And so I'd only been a blue belt for like a few months, maybe like four or five months. And so we're at this instructor camp. And this instructor camp is hosted by the Gracie Academy – um, or now it's known as Gracie University, but Gracie Academy. And I know they kind of get a bad rap in a lot of the jiu-jitsu realm. A lot of people think that they're car salesmen or whatever, and that's fine. You know, you guys can have your opinions. But personally, one thing that they do very well is they, they actually teach instructors how to teach. You know, a lot of people compliment how I teach and stuff like that, and that's 100% directly from their instructor certification program, right? They they teach you the psychology about how people learn and how their brain learns and how you can teach people who have no experience and, you know, not just the throw and stick style of method. So um, for whatever that's for, you know, I'm grateful for them exposing me to an idea of how to teach. Um, I had never been taught that before as a 21-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid. No one had ever taught me how people learn and, and how you convey information, especially uh, – detailed concept like jujitsu. So, um, you know, we go and, and whatever. And one thing that they do is they assign you a technique to teach. And so what they do is they assign you this technique and they give it to you the day before. So this is like a weekend thing. So we got there on like a, a Thursday and this camp is like Friday, Saturday, and then you could leave on Sunday. And so, you know, you get there Friday and they assign you a technique and they say, okay, tomorrow, you're going to come back and you're going to break up into small groups and people are going to evaluate you teaching and give you feedback on this stuff, right? So the technique that I got was a headlock escape, right? So I got this headlock escape from um, the being in the bottom of side control. So if you guys aren't familiar with that, that's basically where a guy wraps around your head and they're kind of squeezing your neck like an old school bully headlock. And so the way that you escape it is, you know, you you build your frame, you know, you can scoot back, you can either knock them over, you can use your legs to be able to peel them off your head, right? So escaping the headlock. And everyone in my group, and they had given us like numbers, okay, like, okay, if you're this number, you're going to be doing this technique, this number, whatever. So everyone in my group was teaching the exact same technique, right? And so what happened was 
as we're coming around and everyone's going through, I think I was one of the last people to go. Our group had like an odd number. Our group had like one or two more people in it than some of the other groups. So our group was running a little bit over. Well, at this time, I don't know if you guys know who this is, but there's a, the guy that started the UFC, his name is Horian Gracie. So Horian Gracie's son of Elio Gracie and Elio and Carlos are the two most well-known figures who kind of started jiu-jitsu back in Brazil. And then Horian moved to America. He started teaching in LA and then he started the UFC. So he was that co-creator of the UFC. He wasn't the one that fought in it. His brother Hoyce fought in it and his brother is Hickson and his brother is Hoyler Gracie and Helson Gracie. So it's all, all of them. And so Horian walks in and Horian's a, a red belt and, and yada, yada, yada. So he's like a grandmaster, all of this stuff. And, and to me, I had never seen a red belt. You know, my instructor was a brown belt. So the only black belts I had ever seen were ones that had come in for seminars or who had just stopped by and visited. So of course you're kind of like in awe. You're like, oh my goodness, like red belt. That's so cool. Like, and it's totally prom photos, right? The guy's like in his sixties and he could probably still beat up, beat me up, but it's still like, you're like, oh man, that's just cool to meet somebody who, you know, essentially is a main reason why a lot of people are in jujitsu right now, whether you want to give the Gracie family props or not, or credit or whatever, you know, a lot of people that train jujitsu to this day that probably had an impact on your life only are training because they saw the UFC. I know my instructor did. That's why my instructor started training was thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So you guys can have your own personal thoughts and feelings about how they run the business of jujitsu or how they market jujitsu or how they teach, whatever. You guys can have all that. But at the end of the day, they did do a great service and put jujitsu on like a stage like that, putting it on pay-per-view, UFC, all the stuff, right? So anyway, back to the whole teaching thing. So I'm there, I'm teaching, and Horian walks in, and he's kind of like walking around, and, you know, he's kind of shaking everyone's hand, meeting everybody. You know, there's there's quite a bit of people there. I think there was around, you know, 75 people, you know, there, but we're all broke up into small groups. And um, so I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start my technique. It's my turn to teach. And, you know, he's, he's walking around and all of them are walking around. And, and so I start, I start going into the teaching part and then I kid you not, as soon as I'm teaching, Horian sits down and plops down like right in my group. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like this guy who's a red belt and, you know, I'm teaching his father's art essentially and his uncle's art and, you know, did all this stuff. He's sitting down right here and I'm trying to like convey this information as a freaking 22 year old 23 year old blue belt you know barely have hair on my face you know to this guy that's whatever you know i'm just i start like getting really nervous or whatever and so partly i I finished teaching and whatever and one thing that you're supposed to do is uh, after you get done teaching you turn to the crowd and you say does anyone have any questions now remember this is just like a simulated group i'm not actually teaching to anybody like I'm not teaching to students who are actually needing to practice the move right this is just like a simulation and they're supposed to give you feedback and so no one starts raising their hand and then freaking Horian 
raises his freaking hand. And I'm like, oh my God, what kind of question is this guy going to ask? And he goes, what's the first thing that you're supposed to do when someone puts you in a headlock in this technique? And I had studied everything that you were supposed to say, man, like guys, because I'm telling you, I knew the day before what technique I was going to do. I was going to teach. I was going to do all this. I took the time. I studied and I like researched everything. I watched all the videos that they sent. I knew the curriculum. I knew exactly what they wanted thing. And the number one thing that what I could find anywhere was turn on your side. It was it's turn on your side and build your frame. That's what it said on everywhere. And so as soon as I said that, I said, turn on, well, you know, and then you're supposed to repeat the question. Okay. So his question was, is what's the first thing that you do? And I said, turn on your side and build your frame. And he looked me square in the eyes, dead in the eyes and goes, no. (laughs) And I was like, what, what are you talking about? No. Like I'm learning from people. I'm learning from your sons that are the ones that are conveying this information. And and this is what's going through my head. I didn't, I didn't argue with the guy. Right. I just, I was looking at this. He just goes, no. I was like, uh, 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 and I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to say. Cause like, I didn't know if he was just joking, if he was like trying to be like a difficult student or whatever. And so he gets up and he walks over to me and says, okay, lay down. And so I lay down and then he starts putting me into a headlock and he goes, try to turn on your side. And dude, like guys, I'm telling you, I know this is kind of cheesy and he's an old man and stuff and he's in his sixties. But dude, this guy had a headlock from freaking hell. I'm telling you right now. Now, I, obviously, if I was Gordon Ryan or someone like that, you know, he maybe I could get out. But dude, this guy had such a tight headlock for a 60 year old man. It was ridiculous. And of course, you know, like I'm young, I'm like 140 pounds or whatever. And I'm whatever. And he goes, OK, try to turn on your side. And I couldn't turn on my side. And then I noticed he actually ended up uh, kind of squeezing my neck and it wasn't like it was hurting my neck, but it was like choking me. And he goes, do you feel the choke setting in? Like, almost like he's like trying to like, like, he's like, Oh, do you feel it setting in? And I'm like, yeah. So I start tapping. So he goes, the first thing that you got to do is he goes, you have to tuck your chin. He goes, because if you turn on your side, but your chin is up, they can still grab your head and flatten you out and squeeze your neck and choke you. But if you tuck your chin, you can then turn on your side and you don't have to worry about getting choked. And I was like, oh, this, it was an amazing teaching point. But what happened was, is he just totally like ruined the whole like purpose of the drill of like just simulating teaching. It wasn't about like correcting the technique at that time. It wasn't supposed to be correcting the technique. It was supposed to be about letting the instructors practice teaching and all this stuff. And so like, what was funny is that like the other instructors who are running the camp, like come over to him and, and, the brothers or his sons are like starting to speak to him in Portuguese and telling him to like let his head go and like stop interrupting. And they're like arguing with each other back and forth in Portuguese and, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And then, then, then he gets up, he just like literally lets my head go and he gets up and he walks over and he starts yelling at them and they're going back and forth. And so then like, I turned to my evaluator or like the group, I was like, so what am I, what, what am I supposed to do now? And he was like, well, I mean, you technically did everything you were supposed to do. So like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was good. Like, um, yeah, I, I don't even really know what mistakes you made because that was crazy. We've never seen him like we've never seen him do that before. Like no one has ever come in and just like interrupted the whole process. So like, yeah, I mean, everything you were doing was great. Um, Just like don't fuck up teaching the move of Inferno Horian. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, Um, I will try my best. Right. I feel like. 
sometimes those guys like, and I do this too. I hate to say it. I'm the curse of this as an instructor. Sometimes like, even if they're teaching it like perfectly fine and it's like, whatever, like it can always be better. But when you're like the expert in the room and you're like the upper belt, it feels like it's hard to resist the urge to like show the extra moves and do whatever. And I felt like that's what it was. And it was eternally grateful because now, even when I teach my class, I, I, I usually tell a shortened version of the story and then I'm like, yeah, so make sure you guys tuck your chin. So it was a great teaching point for me. I'll never forget to tuck my chin, but that was actually how I became an instructor. So circling back around, you know, I went through all of that, you know, I was a young kid. Um, and you know, I was able to make it to my blue belt. I went out there and I eventually learned how to teach and got that. And then, you know, as I came back, you know, now that I've been, you know, doing jujitsu for 14 years and I've been an instructor for, for, um, probably like 11 or 12 of those years. Now, you know, it's a different viewpoint and a lens, you know, I got very lucky. I've been able to teach for, you know, 12 years now and I got the opportunity to start teaching as a blue belt and you're definitely going to make mistakes. So if you guys ever have interest in becoming an instructor or wanting to know more about that process, obviously now it's much different of a process that people can go through. I still believe the academy has an instructor certification thing, but you have to be part of their um, CTC program and be able to be that way. But, you know, I really highly recommend that if you want to be an instructor in jujitsu of any kind, you really start studying ways that people learn and ways to convey information and, and how to teach. You know, we do this in-house now at the academy that I teach out of, you know, being able to convey information to people and be able to teach them is super important. You know, it helps me as a business owner be able to know that I have quality people teaching and it actually makes it easier for a new instructor to go and teach when they know that they have a, a way to convey that information doesn't make it feel as overwhelming and stressful. So anyway, I like sharing those stories with you guys. So um, like I said, I've had more requests to talk about just kind of personal stuff like that. So if you guys have any other feedback, if you guys enjoyed this story, please let me know. Um, yeah, it's kind of a cool story. I got choked out by a red belt as a uh, as a blue belt by the guy that started the UFC. So anyway, there's your uh, podcast today. I don't know if you guys got any advice out of it. Maybe you just enjoyed the story. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. If you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jiu-jitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com. And I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode.